Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters, and Happy New Year. It is January 2nd, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Starting it off on a Thursday this year with none other than 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong, live on tape from location in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Steve, Happy New Year, brother. Hey, good morning, Daniel. Front rowers, Happy New Year to all of y'all. Before we move to the future, which is bright for the Buckeyes, we must first quickly take a look back. I will have you people know everybody texts and tweets and does whatever they do during a football game. Literally 15 seconds after the targeting call took place, the first text I got was from Steve Wolfong claiming what everyone knows, that it was a bullshit call and how it completely changed the game. Nobody was on that quicker than you. Before I had even formed the thought in my brain, you were pissed. Let's talk about that call, put the game in context for us, and just, if you could, maybe peel off a little of what you're hearing down there about the general vibe on how the game between Ohio State and Clemson turned out. Well, obviously, as everybody knows by now, that that targeting call on Sean Wade happened when Ohio State's defense was going to get off the field and they had all the momentum, and the flag flag comes down, and and, and they get an automatic first down, and, and then a good team, Clemson, takes advantage of it and goes down and puts it in the end zone, and, and we had a ball game from then on out. In addition to that, Sean Wade is no longer in your defensive back rotation. He's he's ejected from the ball game, and now you're facing these talented Clemson receivers and the number one uh, draft pick potentially in, in two years, and, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, your secondary is now undermanned uh, in in a way in, in a ball game against two college football heavyweights, and uh, it was just it was just kind of disappointing all the way around. Uh, but Ohio State had chances to win beyond that play, and and obviously didn't execute in, in timely timely matters, and and Clemson got it done, and they're playing LSU, and Ohio State will, will bounce back and be in the discussion again this coming season. What's the vibe down there on how it went down? Is it is it based on party lines, or people see the thing as more of a unbiased observer? For example, what does your average Alabama fan down there or Alabama media member think? People that watch football are just hate the targeting rules in general, so it was just another layer to it. And I suppose I just wish that I just wish that the ejections were arbitrary. I mean, I know they're trying to clean the game up and make it safer, so. If you lead with the crown of your helmet, that's also a rule in place to protect the guy tackling. So uh, penalties and, and whatnot, I'm not even so much uh, arguing those more so than uh, I wish that 
officials could discuss intent and, and Sean Wade uh, Sean Wade wasn't making a dirty play there um, and uh, penalize him all right Clemson still would have got the first down and, and came down and scored but I don't like him being ejected from the ball game in that instance uh, that's just me in particular but Obviously, every time there's a targeting flag in a ball game, you just have to go to social media and see everybody bitching and moaning about it. So, uh, I don't think it matters. Uh, outside of Michigan fans, I, I think everybody was probably, or almost everybody's probably in Sean Wade's corner, just like they are for almost anyone flagged for targeting uh, outside of the school's direct rival. Yeah, so Sean Wade's career, much like Joey Bosa's career, ended with an ejection. Wade has a press conference set up for Saturday in his hometown of Jacksonville. We expect him to announce that he's going to the NFL. The last three mock drafts from reputable media organizations that I have looked at have Wade going in the 20s, so he'd be smart to leave and cash in. He's a great player, and you saw the drop-off. That's one thing you did mention to me. The drop-off's going to be seen quickly, and it was. They went over Amir Reap, got an interference call, and then scored. Let's put that behind us. I want to way to do that is look forward to recruiting and you are in the spot to do that in San Antonio where it just seems like there are a ton of Buckeyes on display once again at a major all-star game. We're going to go down a list of names of guys down there who are thriving but first there's a guy down there that Ohio State is recruiting just had a sit down with the story is on the site his name is Jameer Gibbs you guys do an awards story every day he won the back award yesterday he's committed to Georgia Tech but it sounds like he's got some suitors at programs a little bit better than Georgia Tech, which means he's going to flip. It's a matter of when. Give us the latest on Jameer Gibbs and the chances you think he ends up in Columbus. Well, uh, I think that – so Jameer Gibbs arrived, and he said that his official visit schedule was Ohio State on the 10th, um, Florida on the – or it was LSU on the 17th, Florida on the 24th, and Georgia Tech on the 31st. But obviously you can't take an official visit on the 10th. So his schedule, because of the dead period, still happening. And so he altered his plans and, and has everything in, in line now and, and, and made sure to get Ohio State. And on the 17th, Florida and LSU is up in the air uh, on the 24th. I have a feeling he's going to go to LSU that weekend. And then he's going to give Georgia Tech the last official visit. I wouldn't say that it's for certain that he's going to flip. I mean, Georgia Tech has done the best job of recruiting Jameer Gibbs. He has a really good relationship with Tassar Choice, who is in the home every week. Uh, coaches were on the road, and, and, and Georgia Tech has a top 25 recruiting class, and Gibbs is the jewel, and and and, and Gibbs is, is kind of a homebody, and, and relationships are, are big for him, and if you spent some time with him down here, he's kind of a soft-spoken guy, uh, the complete opposite of the way he plays the game. And I'm not ruling out him sticking with Georgia Tech, but he's certainly making an informed decision. He's considering schools that weren't there the first time around when he was when he did commit to Georgia Tech, and and he's he's doing his diligence, and and he definitely has genuine interest in these schools. Uh, this will be his second trip to Ohio State. Uh, one source a month ago or so thought that Ohio State would be the biggest challenger to Georgia Tech just because of the kind of people that they thought. Uh, would be in Ohio State's locker room as being guys that Jameer would, would fit in with, with the people in the locker room and the relationship with the coaching staff. But LSU is all in on Gibbs. They're recruiting him as hard as any uh, prospect on the board down the stretch. They they need a running back uh, to close out their strong class, and, and, and he likes what he's heard from Tommy Robinson and, and Ed Orgeron and certainly what he's seen from them 
on the field. So it'll be interesting the next few weeks, but I do think that Georgia Tech is very much in the mix to keep him. One guy who has just had an incredible 12 months. Every time you read about him, he's done something better. Jackson Smith Najigba, the records he set in Texas are worth Googling. The receiver made quite an impression there early, but had a little bit of a setback. Bring us up to date. Well, I don't expect Jackson Smith and the Jigba to play in the game, which is disappointing because everybody would would have had a chance to see what we've seen through the first couple of days of practice. And really, if you follow his him over the last two years on the football field, he's been arguably the most dominant receiver in high school football. And if I was picking a receiver for my high school team right now, not talking pure projection as a prospect, but you certainly could make the same same argument for that as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba would be the first receiver I'm taking. He's the best high school receiver in the country. Uh, the way he uh, separates his understanding of the game and, and certainly uh, his ball skills and, and, and the way he's able to go get the football and make things happen after the catch. Um, he he is uh, second to none uh, as a, as a high school receiver and of the and. If you were discussing who the alpha dog is through two days of practice at the All-America Bowl, there's a couple defensive linemen you would have in, in the equation, and, and Bryce Young from uh, quarterback Kamata, Alabama, but Jackson Smith and Jigba would be right there in the discussion as the top overall performer through two days of practice at the All-America Bowl. Does that mean he's in line for a bump? Well, we already have him in the five-star range. We bumped him during his senior year of high school, and so now it's just a matter of, hey, we're going to get 32 names, and we'll talk about it as a rankings council, and trying to put them in an order uh, to where we see them getting drafted down the road. But he's going to be a five-star, I would imagine. You know, we'll, see, we'll see where he falls in from there. We'll take a quick break, come back, break down the rest of the names down there in Texas. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, we're back. One of the names in Ohio State's class, we probably should give some more juice to is a linebacker named Cody Simon. He's made quite an impression down there himself, earned himself an accolade yesterday. What do you like about Cody Simon that Buckeye fans should be happy about? We get out to practice for the very first one on Monday, and they're just going through position drills, and you're kind of milling around trying to get a feel for these guys on the hoof, uh, and you're just bouncing around from position groups. And the very first person to flash to me out of any of the position groups on the East Field was watching Cody Simon go through position drills, the the footwork and, and the quickness and the ability to change direction and just how he flowed through uh, all the linebacker uh, drills. Uh, he was um, you know, on a different level than his peers. And, and uh, in the team portion and one-on-ones and, and seven-on-seven, he's gotten, himself, gotten his hands on a lot of footballs and plays extremely well in space and, and has made a lot of plays. So, uh, he, he seems to have all the traits to be a special player uh, at Ohio State. Um, Shane Simon is his older brother, went to Notre Dame, loved him in the same setting, loved him in high school, loved him athletically, thought he would be an immediate difference maker at Notre Dame. Um, and, and through two seasons, he hasn't made 
close to the impact that I thought he would. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens with Cody, uh, who is has been terrific here. He was terrific at the opening. He's obviously tested off the charts, had a really good senior year. And so uh, hopefully for Cody, and, and certainly Shane's career is not over at Notre Dame. Sometimes people uh, write guys off if they don't make an instant impact and they come they bounce back as juniors and seniors and maybe as a fifth year and, and have a great final three years. Uh, but I'm hopeful that Cody makes a more of a, a substantiated impact early in his career at Ohio State. The highest rated Buckeye in attendance is an offensive lineman, obviously, Paris Johnson. He's there with another Buckeye commit, Josh Fryer. Do Paris and Josh pass the eye test for you? Yeah, and uh, Paris Johnson hasn't been the most dominant offensive lineman here, but I don't think he's done anything to hurt his stock as the nation's number one offensive tackle prospect. Um, his upside is, is more so than anyone else down here. His ability to move, uh, his frame, and, and then he has terrific senior frame. Um, I think you remain very excited about Paris, John, Paris Johnson and, and – uh, his future at Ohio State, and he's down here competing, and he's had some really good reps. He's stuffed Brian Brzee, the number one overall recruit, going to Clemson. So he's he's matched up with those guys and won, but he's also had some some tough reps. I didn't see it, but Logan Jones, who's a I believe we have in the, in our top 100 in the top two four seven, he got the better of of, of PJ and, and some reps too. So these guys are are big time guys down here, and and. Uh, um, you know, uh, PJ's doing his thing and holding his own. Uh, I wouldn't say he's the alpha of the offensive line group uh, this week, uh, but I think uh, when all said and done, he'll be the guy that's drafted the highest. In, in Fryer, he's gotten better. Uh, struggle, really struggled the first day and, and had a better second day. I think he's working on some things with his technique and, and how he plays, and he's playing high and. And uh, you don't want to play high against these guys down here, man, uh, because these defensive tackles are are, are uh, quick and and play with good pad level, and uh, they'll they'll eat you up if you don't have the right technique. Uh, but Fryer still has the traits to be a good one at Ohio State too. Three sport athlete, moves well, um, uh, big bodied kid, um, and, and a tough kid. Uh, had a better second day than the first day. Uh, but um, he's certainly uh, meeting some challenges down here. Yeah, the bigger kids from the smaller schools just aren't used to going up to guys of similar ilk on a regular basis. He'll get adjusted. I'm not worried about that. Ohio State's going to have to basically rebuild its entire starting defense this coming year. Two kids from the West Coast that people think could get on the field early. Now, that's a tall task. Court Williams and Lathan Ransom are down there. What do you think? Well, I think that for Lathan Ransom, it'll just come down to how quickly he can digest the defense because I think the strengths with Lathan are more than anything his instincts and his way, his ability to uh, understand where the ball's going and, and get there and then be physical when he's there. Um, and, and so how quickly can he get comfortable with Ohio State's defense and and uh, um, just his understanding of what they're trying to do schematically will be big for him uh, because athletically he's not he's not a guy that's ever going to just pop out um, more so than some of these young men down here that are pretty freaky um, and court like court williams who uh, is, is is athletic and, and you can see that and the way he moves and, and changes direction uh, as a safety linebacker hybrid type player 
I want to get to one Buckeye here at the end, but generally speaking, when you get down there and see the Buckeyes among the others, you're satisfied that they have maintained their level of athleticism and excellence in this class, as you see they're going to, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, like G. Scott's down here doing his thing as usual. Uh, the other receiver in this class that is physically uh, imposing as any high school receiver I've ever seen and plays with a tremendous motor. And there's a few guys down here that never seem to take off a rep, take a rep off. Brian Brzee going to Clemson, Will Anderson uh, going to Alabama. Uh, G. Scott is in that mold of just the guy that goes hard every every play. Um, it's about 52 degrees down here, and it's not cold, uh, but it's not warm either. G. Scott's dressed like it's 93 degrees on the field, uh, going hard, uh, going hard every every play. And, and uh, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, of course, and Julian Fleming tearing up the Under Armour uh, game. Uh, it, it, yeah, these these this is a top five class for, for Ohio State, and I don't think we've missed on uh, a lot. Of, uh, I don't think we'll look back in three, four years and say, damn, we overranked that kid. Perhaps the one kid in the class we'll talk about the most, given his position, is C.J. Stroud. He's down there. Let's finish with a review of Stroud. What do you think? Do you see Stroud long-term as a guy who can go into the college football playoff? Because it's clear now you're going to need a big-time quarterback. Well, he's the heir apparent to Justin Fields, no question in my mind. I mean, he had an amazing senior season. Uh, where he improved his completion percentage and yards and touchdowns significantly coming off winning the Elite 11 Finals. So uh, his trajectory as a player and the way he's developing is, is up. I mean, he is he has um, um, really improved, and, and he's come out here and, and uh, um, performed at a very high level. Um, Bryce Young's our top quarterback through two days, but C.J. CJ Stroud is who we have number two. Um, right now and and he delivered some of the best passes of the week as Charles Power wrote in, in his uh, synopsis of, of these quarterbacks and, and uh, uh, where I was most impressed with CJ I'm kind of standing in the pocket with these guys you know I'm about five six steps behind the quarterback and seeing CJ uh, understand where the pressure is coming from by time make accurate throws uh, under duress is what I've liked from him the most but he certainly has all the arm talent has a ton of confidence in himself, uh, and, and so that's what you need the most when you're going to a place like Ohio State because the scrutiny of the position and the scrutiny of some of the games you're going to be playing in, uh, and it takes a real alpha personality. And, and, and so, like, I mean, there were times where people on the front row were questioning JT Barrett, right? But you could never question that the moment was too big for him. He 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 never was nervous or shied away from the big stage at Ohio State. Maybe he didn't play in every game the way front rowers wanted him to, but you got to have a certain kind of alpha in you or, or a place like Ohio State. You may be a good quarterback, but it won't come together for you because you'll whittle under the pressure where if you would have maybe went to NC State, uh, you'd have had a better career. And, and so the stakes are higher at Ohio State with that scrutiny, and, and I think that C.J. Stroud has the personality to handle all of that in addition to his talent on the field. Steve Wolfong, Bill Kerlick, and a host of other talented 24-7 sports scribes are in Texas giving you up-to-the-second coverage through the game on Saturday. 
We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Buckbetters. See y'all. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.